so, and I know you said you did that twice. So mm-hmm. was there a moment where you're like, I'm done being abstinent. Now I can, what have you. So just like what I, what I, what I said, as far as I never wanted to get comfortable with casual sex. I oh, never, okay. cause I started to get to that place where I had girlfriends and be like, girl, take your feelings out of it. And I was like, I never want to do that. Ever. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you how take do you the do feelings that? out? I don't, I don't want to because I know people that have. <laughs> Been a, that separated the two. Hundred percent, and we're all different. Mm-hmm. And they out here like men, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that you can't shut off only a part of yourself. Yeah. If you shut it off of being able to connect with a human, you shut that off in multiple areas. It's not directional. It's really not. And I would notice some people that they couldn't receive love in any form. You know what I mean? After they shut off that part of them, and then they really had to go through a journey mm, of being yeah. able to reconnect again with yeah. the man or with family or with, you know, because it's not a directional thing. It's not like a faucet or a, or I don't know what's the word I'm looking yeah. for, or just, you know, a certain thing that you can just say, okay, I'm going to cut this, this artery off, <laughs> but these I'm going to keep open. You know, it's yeah. just not like that. And so um, I would get my feelings hurt. And then after every situation, which it wasn't, too terribly many, but after several incidences where it was just like, I don't like this feeling. I always, and then you have this hovering of God is mad at me. <laughs> Girl, is- when you brought, exactly. Because when you, I'm glad you said that when you grow up in religion, when it's the religion, not mm-hmm. the relationship that you have with God mm-hmm. and Jesus, right? When it's the religion, that guilt that just be right here, like what you do. It was to the point where too, I realized that I couldn't even fully enjoy sex because of that. Girl. Welcome to my party. That's how we do around here. This is Single You, the podcast. I am your host, Rika. And I, I'm an NLP certified life coach and also the founder of Single You Academy. That is my online coaching program. You know what I do? I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth. That means you. So that you, girl, can stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you are a woman who is sick of having an unsuccessful single life, if you are sick of the revolving door of dysfunctional relationships, listen, they may have a different name, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you're doing the tug of war back and forth with the same guy and you're sick of that. You want better when it comes to men and setting boundaries, knowing yourself, understanding your worth and what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, I'm willing to bet nobody has ever had that conversation with you. But listen, I'm not here to judge. I have an abusive ex and an ex that cost me... 
$10,000. Yeah, stick around, listen to the podcast enough, and you will hear those stories. All right, so you've come to the right place if you need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, I'm a certified life coach, but I will tell you this. I am no expert. I just learned a few things that I would like to teach you as well. You know, as Maya Angelou says, once you learn, you teach. And when you know better, you do better. So now that I'm doing better, I am reaching back out for you, girl. Here's my hand. Grab it. So thank you and welcome. You're in the right place. I got you if you got you. This is Single You, the podcast. Hey, thanks for being here. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. And today's episode is about the tender swindler. Who's watching that series on Netflix? I think it was a two-hour documentary. Um, And all of the commentary that I've seen on the tender swindler is talking about how stupid these women are. She's so dumb. I would never. And they're not really talking about how pure evil that man was and also how societal pressures can cause a woman to go down that lane. So we're going to have that conversation today with myself, obviously, and my homegirl, Sky B. Okay. She's a media personality, a journalist, and an entrepreneur. And I'll have her tell you about her businesses. Um, But I wanted to have this conversation with Sky B. What's up, Sky? My bison sister. Thank you so much for um, being on Single You, the podcast today. Listen, we've been trying to have this conversation about abstinence forever. And then the Tinder swindler came out and I was like, okay, we got to do both. We got to do mm-hmm. both. But anyway, hey, happy, hey, happy Valentine's happy, Day. Happy Valentine's Day. This is a yeah. great timing. Right, right. On Valentine's Day. We didn't Day. Plan it to be like this. We did not. Because yes, we were supposed to do it yesterday. And then of course I messed up the time. And then when I said, let's do it today, I didn't even think about, I, I don't have a reason to think about Valentine's Day. So I should be like, oh, oh yeah, I guess it is. And so this morning I done put on my little red sweater. So let me be festive, I guess, you know, whatever. Because um, I'm not a hater. It's a great day. Um, even if you're single, take yourself out and all of that. I'm, I'm taking myself to Houston. I'm actually coming down to see you. So that's my Valentine's Day present to myself. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely want to start the conversation with the question, the first question that I ask everybody, you already know the question. Everybody on my podcast is, has anyone ever had a conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship? As a child, yeah. specifically? Like, um, yes and no. Uh, so I had my mom, she was a single mom, she was young. So I feel like I've been through every relationship with her. She had me as a teen, she's a teen mom. So then I had my grandparents, her parents. Um, my grandmother was super religious. So I got the religious, you know, version from my grandmother. Yeah. Wait to married. Yeah, it didn't involve any meat. There was no meat to it. It was just scripture. Um, and then my mom, she was just more so always telling me what a healthy relationship doesn't look like. She didn't always, in the beginning, specifically know all the all of what goes into a healthy relationship I don't think she was she knew um romance novel version 
And she, her, her parents were married up until my grandfather passed several years ago. So we had them as an example, but at the same time, they were a, a part of that generation that, um, sorry, my USB keeps going off. They were part of that generation that got together. A large portion of that was out of circumstance or stayed together out of circumstance. And they made it, they, they was the made it work generation. So yeah, they loved yeah. each other a lot, but both of them came from uh, situations. So again, they didn't have a full, my grandmother was adopted um, and my grandfather's mother died when he was like four. Oh, so, yeah. So he came from a single dad situation. So both of them were figuring out what love even looked like for them. And so, you know, when me and my mom often talk back, she had, they had no conversation in their home about marriage or about sex or about mm-hmm. anything. So yes, she came from a two-parent household, but there was no conversation. Yeah. And I think when you and I talk, it's amazing how so many of us can have these similar journeys, even though we come from different backgrounds, because the conversations weren't there. It, 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 like you said, there was no meat to it. It it we we are raised to just believe like that's just the next step out of high school or college, go to college mm-hmm. first, and then you get married and have kids and that's the next step, right? Yeah. And but there is no conversation on what that looks like. What is it? What what how do you make it healthy, right? Because if you asked anybody what kind of relationship do you want to be in, you want to be abused or not, of course they're going to be like, "No." Okay, but how do you do that, yes. right? Um and I did know Okay, well, I don't let him hit me. Cool. But that was about it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it was just, it, it was really just off of pure ignorance, um, naivete, is that the word? Yes. Um, and, and not and not understanding myself because that's actually the first step. I wish there were more conversations, um, especially in the religious spaces as we grew up as uh, a religious base, right? So we're faith-based mm-hmm. women, which is perfect because obviously my audience, faith, we come from church. But there were no conversations about self-actualizing first. Um, who are you? Who does God say that you are? How are you mm-hmm. going to show up in this world? You say you want to be this person. How are you going to execute that in your behavior? None of those conversations are happening. And it's a progression and a journey. It's not, oh, I figured it out on, you know, in 1986 who mm-hmm. I was. And now, boom, I'm still that person. No, it's a journey. But at least can we start the journey? Yeah. And we don't start there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, back in the day, a lot of people got married as teens. So there, nobody had found that themselves. And most people don't even know what that means by finding myself. They think, oh, I'm in my body. I know. Right. They think I, I, myself. I, I spend, I spend uh, 24-7 with myself, so I know myself. No, you don't. Yeah. You, you don't, don't know yourself in a variety yeah. of situations. Right. You don't know yourself. You don't even know what your foot from your face at 18, 19. And so then they teach you also, in addition to you know, being a good Christian woman is you go to college. If you go to college, you go there to find your husband. Yeah. To get your MRS degree. That's they don't even great. care if you graduate. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. That's it. 100%. Did he, as long as he graduated, then y'all graduated. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Then y'all did because y'all got married. So both of y'all graduated. Yeah. No. And see, and just like you said, we both, we come from different backgrounds. But we have the same story. Every woman on my podcast, even the men, shout out to my cousin DJ, uh, who's been on my podcast a couple of times. This is why I ask that. That's the first question I always ask everybody, because I'm trying to prove a point. Points proven every single episode that we have to start from a better place. We have to if we're going to do this relationship thing. Um, 
correctly. And I'm doing that in air quotes because what's right for me and may not be right for Sky. It may not be right for Jennifer. It may not shout out to April. It may not be right for Jesus. It may not, you know, so we have, that's why we have to go on the journey so we can figure out what's right for us. So I do want to move, uh, move the conversation along. Cause we only got like about 55 minutes sky and <laughs> the conversation that we already had through text on phone. I want to get to it. But I do want to do my due diligence and talk about your abstinence walk and journey. Because um, I know you were, I didn't even know this about you. Because um, truth be told, I obviously we went to Howard at the same time, but we didn't know each other until we were both on the radio in Indianapolis. And everybody was like, oh, you know, Sky went to Howard and they were like, Rika went to Howard. We was like, we did. Right, like, we did. What? You know, why didn't we know each other? We had mutual friends. We yeah. had, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I so, never lived on campus, so it explains a lot. Right, right, right. You campus, weren't on campus, so. and then I was an RA for the four years. So I was on. I never lived off campus at Howard, so um, I understand why it happened. But but I say that to say we've never had this conversation about abstinence. And when you told me you had a stint for like seven years or eight years twice, twice. let's go into that. Why did you? Because obviously, if you listen to my podcast, you know I'm grown. I'm 38. Sky around the same age. Sky, are you 38? I'm like 36. Me? 36. Okay. Well, I'm 36 and a half. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so for you to choose that, mm -hmm. especially when you were at Howard, because if we do the math, mm -hmm. I need to know why. What, what was that about? Tell me. Talk to me. Tell me more. I don't even know if the first time I chose it. Okay. You know, as much as I, so before I went to Howard, I went to a JUCO um in envy so that was my first time away from home and there was a guy that i was involved with from you know previous to well my senior year and he went there as well and i just i realized these things when you get to college you realize you don't have to be there it's not a birthright and i realized that me trying to keep up with this person and me trying to be in my studies um, going through the emotional up and downs of that situation, I was not my best self. I was not um, putting forth my, it was too much of a distraction. And so for me, I'm like, I got student loans. <laughs> I'm not trying to be here forever. I have got to focus. And I realized um, how that person, and, and and he's not a bad, but we're really great friends today. But again, I was 19, 18, 19, you know, that time period, how my emotions were like on an audio meter based on how I was treated or at that time or based on whatever was happening in our relationship. And I realized how bad my self-esteem was. And I hated feeling yo-yoed like that. I was just like, and I didn't realize that till I got, that was like my first real involvement. Um, with a man. And so, well, boy, at that time, but that was my, and so you don't realize some things about yourself because you, it's easy to say, oh, I would never do this or I, if this happens, but if you've never been in those situations, you don't realize what you'll do. Facts. To be honest. Facts. And, and it mm -hmm. wasn't until that situation where I was like, I first base really get to know myself. Like, oh, you got work to do. Mm. And I, we knew this at 18, 19. I'm so jealous. I'm so Me, because yeah. again, I was in college. I, I was paying for my college. Yeah, you know, and I realized real quickly people was getting put on academic probation and going home and never coming back. Yeah, and working yeah. at Walmart. You know yeah. what I mean? And I realized yeah. real quick, like, sis, 
you got to be about your business first. Yeah. And I, and I will say, I will say this, and I, I mean that with um, so much grace for myself. Like I, mm-hmm. I know, I know that my walk is going to be different than anybody else's, but I do know that leaving Kent, Washington <laughs> at 18 years old, which is a suburb of Seattle, if nobody knows that, like I grew up in the suburbs, go, leaving Seattle basically to come to Washington, D.C., I was very naive. I did not have a lot of experience. I didn't have a real true boyfriend. I, I didn't until how like I was so far behind as far as like um, the realization that I got to wake up there's some work to do, like you said, awakening, um, because again, the conversations weren't had, but go ahead. So you, well, and I did, it wasn't like I had a whole lot of boyfriends in middle school, high school. I wasn't that girl. I went through a lot of awkward phases, Yeah, but, um, and then I was insulated by my family. So I had friends that were out there doing it since elementary school. I mean, you know, like fifth grade, I knew a girl fifth grade, you know? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Girl in seventh grade had a baby. So it wasn't like I wasn't exposed to those things around me or, or in my family, but um, I knew, and I was first generation. So there was a lot of pressure I put on myself. Nobody put that on me. I put on myself to, to, to be something or to just accomplish more. Um, you know, my family was rooting for me. And so then when I moved to DC and I went to Howard, I lived off campus, had my own apartment because they ran out of housing. <laughs> so I had to pay for my own studio over by Meridian and um, I just, I knew me period in college, as far as my limitations, meaning I'm paying for college. I can't be here for seven years. Um, I have to pay for this apartment. I had to work too. And then for me, I knew that a part of me knew, especially after that first situation, that there were broken parts of me. And I knew that if I didn't at least keep them covered until I went on a healing journey, that I was going to self-destruct. And that's what I was going to ask you. So this was when you're going through this. And like you said, you were an audio meter, which I love that I can visualize that with your emotions. So you intentionally after that chose like, this is going to be my healing journey. I just knew that I, I, I didn't put it into words. Okay. Like that was what it was going to be. But I knew, I knew then I was broken. That relationship showed me I was, I had broken parts and I knew I had to keep them covered until I was got out of college and was able to really deal with yeah. that. So for yeah. me, I lived off campus for what, four and a half year, five years in total, even after college. And I, I think I had one guy in my apartment and he was a friend literally. Oh no. Three guys came over and they put my bed together for me. <laughs> they were in my economics class. Other than that, that was, I had never had a man my whole five years. And I didn't think about that till later. And that's why I said it wasn't so much, it, it was purposeful just because I, like, I knew I was somebody that couldn't go out and party every night and get up 8 a.m. classes. So most people don't have a, a memory of me being at too many college parties, especially at Howard, like next to none. I, I had to work. I had internships. And I just knew that because, because I, I, was, I, I found these broken parts of me and I knew what they were, even in relation to, to men, I knew that if I even tried to to navigate both things that it was I was it was not going to work for me yeah and I said and for me it was like you know this thought process that some people are okay with being I always wanted to keep my partners to less you know like I really I I did not want to ever be like, oh, I don't know how many partners I've had. I always, in my thought process, was always like, I want the next one to be the last one every time. 
Right, right, right. And I was never cash. I was never okay with casual sex. Casual sex, yeah. So you, 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 you go on that abstinent journey for a period of time. So, and I know you said you did that twice. So, Mm -hmm. was there a moment where you're like, "I'm done being abstinent. Now I can what have you." So, just like what I what what I said, as far as I never wanted to get comfortable with casual sex. I never because I started to get to that place where I had girlfriends that be like, "Girl, take your feelings out of it," and I was like, "I never want to do that." (laughs) How do you do that? How do you take the feelings out? I don't don't want to because I know people that (laughs) have. Been a, that separated the two, hundred percent, and we're all different. Mm-hmm. And they out here like men, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that you can't shut off only a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you shut it off of being able to connect with a human, you shut that off in multiple areas. It's not directional. It's really not. And I would notice some people that they couldn't receive love in any form. You know what I mean? After they shut off that part of them, and then they really had to go through a journey Mm, of being able to reconnect again with the man or with family or with, you know, because it's not a directional thing. It's not like a faucet or a, or I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, or just, you know, a certain thing that you can just say, okay, I'm going to cut this, this artery off, (laughs) but these I'm going to keep open. You know, it's just not like that. And so um, I would get my feelings hurt. And then after every situation, which it wasn't, too terribly many, but after several incidences where it was just like, I don't like this feeling. I always, and then you have this hovering of God is mad at me. <laughs> Girl, is- when you brought, exactly. Because when you, I'm glad you said that when you grow up in religion, when it's the religion, not mm-hmm. the relationship that you have with God mm-hmm. and Jesus, right? When it's the religion, that guilt that just be right here, like what you do. It was girl. to the you point where too, I realized that I couldn't even fully enjoy sex because yeah. of that. Girl. Because Ain't it was never, there in the room the Ain't whole never, time. Exactly. <laughs> the whole time. And what are you doing? And you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And you're yeah. supposed to be a good girl. And you're supposed to like all of that. And honestly, that's why I have been abstinent for over three years now. Cause I was like, Oh, I got work to do in this area because I have to stop feeling guilty about this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't, we, I can't do this. So I have to figure out how I can get to a place yeah. where I'm like, listen, God made this. I'm not going to let anybody yeah. judge. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm still going to heaven, regardless if I wait until that piece of paper is signed. And or that's not. why I think why so many, you meet so many women and not to, get to TMI, but that's why you meet so many women that haven't even experienced orgasms yeah. because of that. Yeah. That you that can't even true. fully let yourself be in, a, yeah. in those situations. But to be honest, in all them, in the situations I was in, the initiation of sex was never my idea. And so after I would get out of these situations and I realized how much I just went along to get along in these situations, because that's what men need. Like you can't expect to be in a relationship with a man <laughs> And, you know, not, not be able to, this is what he needs. Or he's giving, he's giving you X, Y, and Z. You know, if he's taking you out, if you're doing X, Y, and Z, then you, you gotta, come on, sis. You know? And so I would, after all those situations were in, I would realize how I just didn't feel in control. I didn't, I was, you know, just disappointed that I just, I didn't go into it um, being like, this is, this is how, this is what I need. (laughs) And I'm if, sorry, I'm not wagering that if you don't understand that. And so every time I would think like, okay, this is the one. So I might as well, 
you know, and it was just like, that's a terrible way <laughs> to go into sex. And then I realized mm-hmm. once I became abstinent that I didn't, that's the reason why you don't know is because I don't talk about it. And the reason yes. why I don't talk about it is because once people found out about it, men found out about it, even women were like, oh my God, I make a big deal about it. Then you became like a piece of meat. Then you became a challenge. A challenge for them. Yeah. 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 And also like when for me, when I was like, okay, I'm going to start talking about it. This is my platform or what have you. But that's why I'm always like, and that doesn't mean I'm waiting until that piece of paper sign. I don't really know where Mm -hmm. I'm at with that right now, but I do know that I'm not having sex right now. And it's been three and a half years. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it is what it is. It's a journey. And I don't want to feel guilty the moment that I decide, okay, this is it. Here we go. And it's going to be my decision. Just like you said, like I did the same thing. I let men set the rules for the relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the cost of dating. So Mm -hmm. I guess I have to do this because, okay. But that guilt, nope. I have some healing within myself to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And still, you know what I mean? And it's been it's been a lovely journey. I love it. it's been easy for me, especially where I live. Ain't nobody here that it, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Then so when you I'm, realize, you know, then when I realized started more and more realizing my worth, I was just like, I don't want to walk in a room and three of these losers be able to say, I had her or right. I you know what I mean? Right. And it's just like because most of these people haven't even uh, f- fully got to know them, or grew into themselves enough, or they may not at all. And so I don't, I just don't want a bunch of people saying I had her or I, you know, I was able to experience her in that way. I just don't feel like a boatload of people deserve to, to experience me in that way. Right. Right. No, I a hundred percent, hundred percent. So I do want to finish the abstinent conversation because uh, I want to move on to the tender swindler mm-hmm. with this question. I had a um, somebody ask me, do you think abstinent is going to ab- being abstinent is going to solve all your relationship issues? Mm-hmm. And so I will give you my answer and I would love to hear what you would say. And I said, um, it, so I wrote it down because I always have notes. If you watch the recording of my podcast all the time, you know, I have notes, but I said, baby girl in itself, Abstinent is not going to solve any problems and healing that childhood trauma is really what you need to do. You have to be holding yourself accountable on your journey and call out the red flags you passed up and boundaries you didn't set. Just letting time pass and not having sex ain't going to do nothing for you. You will be right back to where you are the moment a seed of loneliness gets planted. And we are recording this on Valentine's Day. I know that there is someone, a woman who's listening right now, who said on December 31st, as that ball was dropping, 2022 is going to be my year, self-love. I'm going to be abstinent. I'm not going to let any do, 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 do. And here we are, it's Valentine's Day, and she probably over there and slipped Mm -hmm. up, you know, Mm -hmm. or is feeling super lonely. So it's not the abstinence piece, right? Right. Um, And so anyway, so that's my answer. And then you can go ahead and answer and let's move on. So, so I told you I've I've done this twice. So after the first time, when I told you, I realized I had these broken pieces, so I covered them, but I hadn't dealt with them. Mm. So by the time the next situation rolled around eight years later, um, I was like, I feel like I'm ready. I've stopped having sex. I I realized I don't need it. You know I mean? I don't have somebody that has to have it. And I felt, I thought, that was a feat because when I would tell people eight years, they'd be like, wow. So I thought just that alone, I had, you know, till I got into the next situation. <laughs> and that's when I realized. So I equated to, um, it's like somebody saying, I want to lose weight. So I'm just going to stop eating. 
And that alone is going to make me, you know, uh, I don't know, like a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? No, it's really about stopping what you're eating. It's almost like um, before I went, I was vegan before. Before I went vegan is because I was trying to figure out what was wrong with my stomach. So I cut everything out <laughs> and then introduced things slowly back in to figure out what works best for my body. And so that's kind of how I equate this abstinence journey to be. I cut all the noise out. I cut all the things that are have my emotions on, you know, doing the wave and really got to the bottom of getting, it's, it's a continuous journey, getting to the bottom of why I do. What is it about me that makes me, again, because it still wasn't, I was still having those same feelings of, why are you why are you doing it in the first place? It's nothing wrong with you doing it, but get to the why you're doing it when you're doing it. Um, and is it still because you feel like you have to do it to maintain this relationship? And it was. And so when I took that away, I just I, I went to therapy, started going to therapy. I'm still in therapy. Shout out to my therapist. I love her. Um, I talked to her about these things and, and all things work together to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. so much from your childhood, so much from your adulthood, so yeah. much from your relationship with your parents, all these things <laughs> work together. And so this yeah. last journey has been just about me figuring out what I want to do. Do I want to wait till I get married? Um, I don't have to necessarily answer that question in totality. Right. Exactly. A hundred. And again, and knowing, cause again, we have this religious upbringing. And so we think God is mad at me. I used to think like, oh, I'll never get the marriage or the man God wants me to have if I don't wait until marriage, which mm -hmm. is not true. It's just not true. And that is why I wish the church, somebody mm -hmm. <laughs> would intercede and say, listen, I know you're going to church and you singing all the gospel songs and you doing this, but how's your relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Okay. And specifically in this abstinence lane. And again, we're going to move on because I have a whole episode on my podcast about does, does D, uh, how Jesus teaches about abstinence or something like that, but it mm -hmm. is on my podcast. But I just wish they would say, listen, there is a principle about waiting. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long you wait, how you should wait, what that looks like for you, you and God gonna have to figure that out. And go on that journey because well, it's, it's more so why. because the way that they approach it is a woman saving. Because first of all, they don't really they I never talk to men. It's all when they talk about uh, being a virgin to marriage, they're talking about women. Yeah. Period. In a story. In, In a story. story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only a feminine conversation. Yeah. And when they talk about a woman being uh, standing to marriage, it's because so she can be pure for this man. Right. It, it's really, there's no more why that they expound on. Absolutely. And your why has got to be stronger. because um, It has to be stronger than, well, because God says so. Or because you I got, need to be pure for a man. Right, or I need to be. be pure for this man. It has to yeah. be way stronger than that or you will falter every time. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into the Tinder swindler. <laughs> so our conversation about the Tinder swindler drops on March the 17th. Of course, every Thursday I drop a new episode. It is on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it yet, um, go ahead and watch it. And then of course, come back on the 17th for the rest of the episode between myself and my girl, Sky. Consider me your homegirl in your head. 
Again, it's Rika. And if you need to reach out to me, listen, don't hesitate. It's not going to be weird on Twitter and on Instagram. I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. And I'm going to put my Twitter, Instagram, and email in the show notes, okay? You can also join me over in my private Facebook group titled Singleness is Not a Punishment. I mean, come on, who am I? (laughs) You know my tagline? That's my private Facebook group. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, if I said something that resonated with you and really helped you, please share this podcast with a friend because sharing is caring and you shouldn't be sitting on all this good information. So share it with your homegirl, okay? Or your homeboy. (laughs) Please do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you have time, can you do me a favor? It'll help me out as a small business owner and a podcaster. Will you leave a rating on this episode? All you got to do is say that you liked it or you can even type out what you took away from this episode. It really helps me and keeps me going, providing free content for you. So thank you so much for doing that. Production, my intro was made by one of the greats in production land. His name is James Tyler. Thank you for my intro. And he used Beyonce's single ladies, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. He used Dua Lipa, her song, New Rules, and also Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, that's all I got for you this episode. We will talk again on the next one.